Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Wednesday here on the North Shore Drive podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. We've got Ray Fittipaldo talking Steelers and we're going to go over something that's been one of the rumor mill things around the NFL. A certain veteran quarterback the Steelers should try to get who's won a Super Bowl in the past and will most likely be available. That, NFL Draft Talk, and a lot more here on the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Let's get into it. You are now listening to the North Shore Drive podcast, a show on all things Pittsburgh sports from the writers of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, hosted by Christopher Carter. Hello, welcome to the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. I'm your host, Chris Carter, joined by Ray Fittipaldo, talking all things Steelers here on this Wednesday episode. As always, you can find this show on your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoy it. Subscribe to this YouTube channel to get all of the daily content that comes out from all of our Pittsburgh sports writers at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, as well as our Monday, Wednesday, Friday episodes of the North Shore Drive podcast. This show is brought to you by Mike's Beer Bar, the best bar in all of Pittsburgh. When you go to Mike's Beer Bar, you get to enjoy one of their 500 different available beers, 300 of those local beers are, are, are local and 80 of those local beers are available on tap more on them later ray let's talk a little bit about the rumor mills and things that are that, that are going around we, we're starting to see one of the quarterback names that is getting attached to the Steelers more and more is russell wilson and russell wilson you know he's been he's won a super bowl championship but hasn't really been the guy for the past few years especially in his time in denver and it's obvious that with a like a $38 million cap hit against the Broncos this upcoming season, um, uh, that he's not gonna be someone that they want to they want they, that they want to keep around uh you know at, at when they're benching him left and right. He's 36 years old. Um, so there's a chance that he could move on, but there's some people out there that are pointing at the Steelers as a potential target. Peter King, one of them, saying the Steelers, you know, are you know, make a lot of sense for him. Uh, there's also Chad Ochocinco who says he says he's heard a birdie that the Steelers are going to get Russell Wilson. But you you addressed this in your chat transcript, you know, when you were talking with some of our with some of our readers. What's your opinion on the potential of getting Russell Wilson, however they do it? Yeah, I mean, listen, um, would Russell Wilson at this stage of his career be an upgrade over Kenny Pickett? Perhaps. Okay. Probably even. I, I don't even go on a limb and say, yeah, for a one season thing, if you're looking at it just in terms of 2024, he could probably do that. But Chris, is he a guy who could take you deep into the playoffs in the AFC when you're going up against Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, uh, Justin Herbert, Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson. I mean, I, I can go 
on and on and on. I don't think he's that guy anymore, um, to be quite honest with you. I mean, that would be the equivalent of, uh, I mean, he's 10 years removed from his final Super Bowl win. Okay. That's basically. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Literally. Actually 10 years removed from his final Super Bowl appearance, appearance mm-hmm. 2014 to 2024. Um, so think about it. That would be like signing Ben Roethlisberger in 2018. Right. Okay. Yeah. And I would even argue Ben Roethlisberger in 2016 and 2017 was better than we saw from Russell Wilson the past two years in Denver. Um, I, I think that's, I mean, that was Ben pre pre elbow injury when he was actually mm-hmm. leading the Steelers to an AFC championship game and uh, you know, to an, to a 13 to three record in 2017. So um, I, again, it, this is a year when the Steelers want to find out about Kenny Pickett. They invested a first round draft pick in him. And I'm not arguing that Russell Wilson might be a slight upgrade um, over him, but okay. If he, if he gets you from 10 and seven to 11 and six, do you still have a shot if you're going up against CJ Stroud in, in a first round playoff game in a wild card game? I don't think you do. So I, I don't right. see why you would want to do that, but Hey, um, other people have their opinions. It's something that's good to talk about in February and March, but obviously we'll have a clearer picture of what's going on here. Probably what, two, three weeks from now when the NFL new league gets here, uh, gets here and free agency starts. Yeah, I think that's the other part of this is that there's there's a lot of this is speculation because we're kind of at a at a at a wait and see period where the combine hasn't happened yet. Teams can't make any moves yet other than unless they wanted to like resign a guy that's already on their team. Um, you know, the 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 aggressive moves haven't happened yet, and people are trying to get out in front of what might be the aggressive move. And again, I, I think the Steelers situation is they're realizing that like and then not they're realizing, I think they've realized and they've kind of you know settled in on they're not going to most likely get a franchise quarterback right now. Like, you know, Justin Fields is, is a tough bet because you really get one year to prove it or you're signing or you're, you know, getting, getting, giving him a fifth year extension without knowing if he's going to be any good for you. Um, and, you know, you look at other, you know, other moves like Kirk Cousins, another guy that's, that's way up there in his, in his late thirties. Um, you know, there, there's, there's a lot of options that are on the table for the Steelers to, to try to get a quarterback, but none of them are like, Hey, Here's the franchise quarterback or a guy that can be a franchise quarterback and you have about four years to three or four years to develop them. There's there's right. not one of those open lanes uh, for reasonable guys to do that. And we'll get to some you know, quarterback draft prospects in a little bit here uh, in the next segment. But I think the Steelers kind of know that. And that's why they got a guy like Arthur Smith who's can build an offense around, you know, kind of mid you know quarterback play with Ryan Tannehill like he did with, with the Titans you know you know building an offense that feeds off of a strong offensive line some strong running back play you know play action that builds off of that and makes things easier for the quarterback that's why they've invested in the offensive line I think they're they, they know like hey it, it's gonna be a bit before you find that superstar quarterback again so why not build the way some of these other teams are building when they don't have a superstar quarterback like the Niners and say like let's get a really strong offensive line a really strong defense some good playmakers and a system that kind of gives the quarterback just game manager decisions to let the other guys make plays yeah I mean Chris it's just a really really um unique time in the AFC I mean I just rattled off all the quarterbacks I didn't even mention a guy like Trevor Lawrence, um, you know, yeah. who's, who, who's still a very young quarterback, um, you know, with the Jacksonville Jaguars. So, you know, it's almost like go back to, I thought the Steelers were very lucky when it was the Steelers, 
the Colts had Peyton Manning and the Patriots had Tom Brady and everyone else was kind of searching for the quarterback. But there were years in there, Chris, when Andy Dalton rose up and the Bengals made the playoffs over the Steelers. Uh, I think that happened in both 2012 and 2013. So teams are going to have their ebbs and flows once they find their franchise quarterback because their roster is not going to be as strong because you're paying that guy. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that, that's all part of the equation too. So, yeah, I mean, you know, unfortunately for the Steelers, they're kind of, it's the, the script has flipped from where it was, um, you know, 15 years ago, 10, 15 years ago. Um, and they're in search of that guy. But until then, I think you're right. They have a formula for a way that they can stay competitive. Um, and, you know, listen, it hasn't been, a successful formula in the playoffs, but maybe with the new OC and maybe with some added pieces on that defense and also around Kenny Pickett, maybe it can. Maybe it can be. And I think that's the bottom line is that the Steelers, you know, they're they're kind of looking at trying to find again, the Steelers are are operating with a model of what they how they want to build their team that, you know, teams that don't have the Patrick Mahomes, the Josh Allen, the Joe Burrow. That you know, and how they're how they're trying to build their team. I'd even say that's how the Eagles are kind of built around Jalen Hurts. And I know Jalen Hurts at times gets thrown into MVP conversations, but I think we've kind of seen that when the Eagles don't have you know a, you know don't have supreme offensive line play and st- and their defense isn't kicking. But Jalen Hurts can't carry a team the way that some of those other quarterbacks we named. I mean, even Lamar Jackson kind of fits into the the, the picture above Jalen Hurts. So like you know, there's. I think the Steelers recognize, like, hey, there's a way to win with the current situation that they that they have, and a way to 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 be really competitive. And I'm saying, when I say really competitive, I mean be a team that can win a playoff game or two in a year. And if you can catch someone lacking, then you can you can make a run. Um, you know, I I'd even venture to say when Bill Cowher won his Super Bowl, you know, Ben Roethlisberger was a first round draft pick quarterback, but he wasn't a superstar at that time. He was very much like, hey. Go out there and make the occasional play, but play to the system. Don't turn the ball over. Let the run game and the defense win for you. And I know that was 20 years ago, but that's the way that the Steelers won then. And I think that that's the way that some teams are trying to win now. Um, and I think that if you're if you're investing really big, because if you go get a Russell Wilson, you're, if you're trading for him, you know, you're giving up. You're giving up something to get him. You're also taking on a really big salary cap hit. If you're signing, if you're waiting for the Broncos to cut him and signing him, how much are you paying for him? If Russell Wilson costs you four to five million dollars a year, that's a different story. You're not. You're not. You're not dropping a huge investment on him. But making a big investment on a maybe quarterback is one way to further your ineptitude and in, in your chance and take away the chances that you're trying to put together to build towards that future. Hundred percent agree with you, and you're you're right. If Russell Wilson would fall into your lap and for whatever reason he would want to play on a lower contract. Let's say he really likes Mike Tomlin or let's say he wants to play in Pittsburgh for whatever reason. Yeah. Then maybe you would say, okay, come in here. Um, You know, you can can compete, you know, you'll start as a number two and then we'll see what happens. Yeah. Why not for, for four or 5 million a year, but Russell Wilson hasn't signed ever signed those types of contracts and there's no evidence to suggest that he ever will either. That, that that and that's where I'm saying like look if a dream happens if a, if something falls out of the sky in your lap absolutely it's great 
But I'm just being realistic and not and saying that that's probably not going to happen. But some people are probably wondering, yeah, but what about the quarterbacks in the NFL draft? We'll talk about that right after the, right, right after this next in this next segment of the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post because that Chris Carter Rafe at a bottle. But first, I want to remind you this show is brought to you by Mike's Beer Bar, the best bar in all of Pittsburgh. When you go to Mike's Beer Bar, they were 500 different available beers. 300 of those beers are from the local area, and 80 of those local beers are available on tap. And when you get there, they over 20 televisions, so whatever sporting event you want to catch, you can even reserve a TV with that specific sporting event and i mean any event they got duquesne basketball that you can reserve a tv for and and find a way to get there while you're enjoying your favorite beers and they always got new types of beers every single day that they're changing in and out to get you new experiences every single time they also have great food like steak on a stone where you choose your choice cut of steak have it brought to you on a heated stone and every time you cut off a piece of steak you press it into that stone you choose how well done you want every single bite it's the best bar in all of pittsburgh go to mike's beer bar today and when you get there tell them chris sent you Back here on the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, Chris Carter, Ray Fittipato. Ray, let's take a look at uh, this, this NFL draft quarterback class, because I think some people are saying, well, wait a minute. If, if the veteran isn't there, just go draft the guy. And listen, I hear that, but it should be done in a situation where you're taking a guy that you think can be the franchise quarterback. And this is an interesting year for the, the, the quarterback class, because I think going into the offseason, Everyone agreed there were like three definite first rounders, Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels. Um, and Caleb Williams and Drake May were kind of like the expected guys coming into the year. Jaden Daniels more so made his name because he was the Heisman Trophy winner and he had a great season for LSU for what he did. And people were like, you know, we can work with that in the in today's NFL. Um, but then there's the class beneath them. And I think there's three quarterbacks underneath the, uh, underneath those three guys that everyone's talking about and th- thinking, can they sneak into the first round? There's J.J. McCarthy out of Michigan, who won the national championship, Bo Nix out of Oregon, uh, and then, of course, Michael Penix Jr. out of, out of Washington. And lately, uh, J.J. McCarthy has been sneaking up into those first-round conversations. Some people are saying he'll go even in the top 15. And I think that people are looking at it like, well, wait a second. If there's four first-round quarterbacks in this draft class, why don't the Steelers try to get them? And, and Ray, just my opinion here, like if the Steelers had a chance to trade up into the top five and get a Caleb Williams or Jake May, Drake May, sure, but that would take a lot of draft capital to do uh, for some quarterback-needy teams that are in that area. I don't think that that's going to happen. Jaden Daniels, I think, still goes in the top ten. Um, you know, we'll see how, how you know how how far he falls. You know, you look at what Anthony Richardson got picked fifth overall last year. I'm just, for, but for those that are thinking like, why not take a shot on JJ McCarthy at, at tw- if he falls to 20, which I'm not, which according to some people, he might not even now. I just don't think I've seen enough of JJ McCarthy to justify that being a first round pick when he was in an offense that didn't require him to do much. Yeah. I mean, he certainly comes from an offense where he was handing the ball off a lot. Um, and he had some weapons around him. Listen, Roman Wilson is a guy you're going to hear about the receiver. He's probably second or third round guy. Yeah, he's um, really good. Had a really good uh, running back in Blake Horn, too, and obviously a really stout, very good offensive line. So everything was kind of set up around him to have success, and he had a great season. I'm not taking anything away from J.J. McCarthy's season. What you hear now in the first-round conversation with J.J. McCarthy is, and you're, you're right, there is some momentum for him to maybe be a top-15 pick. I, I think I saw him in one mock draft maybe even latter part of the top 10 or like number 12 or so. Um, It's the intangibles. And I don't know if I'm investing a top 10-ish 
type of a pick just because a guy has intangibles. He's not right. the biggest guy in the world, right? I mean, he's not your proto typical 6'4", 220 type of a guy. He's actually he's almost, 202. He's very much Kenny Pickett's size. Yeah, he's he's he, yeah. I mean, and we kind of see that that um, as far as from an injury perspective, that hasn't been kind of Kenny Pickett. So um, could he be better than Kenny Pickett? Yeah, he could be. But if I'm sitting in the exact same spot in the draft two years later, I'm not taking that guy again. Right. And that's the other problem here is you look at Bo Nix and Michael Penix. They're the same builds. Bo Nix, 6'2", 217, also about to turn 24 years old. You know, a guy who's been, been in college football for quite some time, as has Michael Penix, who's also about to turn 24 years old. Both of them, 6'2", 6'3", around 215. That, that's Kenny Pickett's build. Michael Penix also, by the way, a very long injury history. And I say that as a person who liked Michael Penix for years, like in Indiana, I saw the things that he did there. That guy was a leader. That guy was a great player. And, and he's a great college quarterback for his time. And he did, I think he, he, he could be very proud of his career. I would not take him with an early pick in the NFL draft, uh, even in the second round, even say, say right now. And, and so I look at that as like, do you want another version of Kenny Pickett to be, to be your first round pick? Or do you want to build your roster with the positions that you've been needing, you know, getting another tackle to solidify your offensive line, get another center to solidify your offensive line, getting a top corner to pair with Joey Porter jr. You know, maybe a top defensive lineman to pair with Keanu Benton. Those are all things you can do with that first round pick. And if you spend it on a quarterback that, I honestly feel like you have less than a a fifty percent chance or uh, of finding the franchise guy with the guy with the people that will be there. I just feel like you're you're missing the point. And instead, what might actually happen that works in the Steelers' favor is if let's say Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels, JJ McCarthy all go before the Steelers. That's four picks out of twenty that they don't have to worry about being at those key positions. And then you throw in wide receiver with guys like you know Marvin Harrison Jr., Romeo Dunze, guys like that. There's going to be a, a, a falling down of key positions like tackle, like like corner, you, you know, center as well, where the Steelers are going to get a chance at a top guy that they don't normally get a chance at. And that's an opportunity that could be a pillar of what they're trying to build for this next you know decade or so that they really could take advantage of in this draft. Yeah, Chris, you just mentioned four quarterbacks, three receivers. You know there's going to be at least two edge rushers who come off, so that's nine. Yeah. Right there, you know, the two left tackles for Sean and Alt will be gone mm-hmm. already. We're at number 11, and we haven't even discussed a cornerback yet. Yep, or, um, you know, a defensive lineman like a Byron Murphy or a Jerzon Newton who mm-hmm. might also come off in the top 20 before the Steelers pick. I know that's less likely, but you know, edge rushers and corners. Yep, um, you're, you're gonna see a run on cornerbacks in the first round because there's there's it, it's like uh, offensive tackle. And receiver this year, it's a very good draft mm-hmm. uh, for corner. So you're going to see a run on corners too. So I'm with you there. Um, could it be a center? Could it be a right tackle that falls to the Steelers? Could it be a cornerback who falls for the Steelers? I've said from the very beginning, Chris, that the um, the Steelers' positions of need this year matches up very well with this draft and what's coming out of the college ranks. I agree. I want to talk more about some of those positions of need and which could take priority in the first round if certain things fall certain ways. And let's say there's running other positions that allow the Steelers to get top looks at different positions. We'll talk about that in the other side of this break here on the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post because that Chris Carter, Ray Fittipato stick with us. We'll be right back.
Back here on the North Shore Drive podcast, Chris Carter, Ray Fittipato, talking all things Pittsburgh Steelers and looking at the NFL draft. So, Ray, you mentioned some, uh, some you know, the, some of those key positions. We're talking corner. We're talking tackle. We're talking uh, – we'll, we'll throw cent- center in them as well. And, heck, we'll even throw defense, de- uh, defensive linemen, like, you know, defensive tackles, you know, three, four defensive ends, th- those, those type of guys in there. Let's say that this draft falls very well for for a lot of those positions, and you get to pick. You know, we'll take out like like you said, the, the Olu Fashano, the Joe Alts, the guys that are probably going to go top ten uh, at the. I'll even take out like a Talis Fuaga. But let's say the Steelers are, are sitting there and at twentieth overall, and you have your pick of say an offensive tackle like J.C. Latham, a center like Jackson Powers Johnson, a defensive lineman like Jerzon Newton, and a cornerback say like Quinion Mitchell or Terrion Arnold, where all all those names, guys I just named, yeah. they're going in the first round this year. They're people yeah. that, that that they would all be really good additions to the to the Steelers. But center, offensive tackle, defensive tackle, corner. What would be the priority in that situation? Because everyone looks at center as such a big need, but in today's NFL, you know, by the analysts of the world and the direction of the league's heading, people, some people are saying that's a, that's a less valued position than you know corner or tackle in this situation. Yeah, I mean, listen, um, I, I would have to lean of all those guys you mentioned. I would have to lean Latham or or Powers Johnson. I just think I don't see any holes in J.C. Latham's game. Um, Really good in pass, bro. He's a beast in the run game. It'd be a perfect right tackle for your future. Um, slide Broderick Jones over, and um, you're set at your tackles for years and years to come. Um, so to me, I you know, like the Tyler Guyton, there's a little bit of projection there. Great athlete, but he's not a finished product. And I, I think as you get into the 20s with the tackles, Amarius Mims too, right? Yeah. Tons and tons of talent. Mm-hmm. and athleticism, but very short resume of starting experience. So, again, I think you're looking at developing guys like Guyton and Mims, whereas with Latham, I think he's plug and play. I think he makes you better from day one. Um, I would lean Latham in that scenario, but Powers Johnson, too, has that look of a guy who's going to be a long-term answer at center for you, for you as well. I don't know if they could turn their back on that guy if they had a really high grade on him. So, that would be a dilemma for me, but I, I of all those guys that you mentioned, you mentioned the, the, the cornerbacks as well. Um, I would be very, very tempted to pick JC Latham if he was there at number 20. I feel I feel you on Latham. I love his tape. He's 21 years old. He's 6'6, 335. This this guy is is young, he's big, he's strong, and he's technically sound. Um, played on in the kind of offensive line you want to have. In, your, in, in the NFL, in, in the SEC with Alabama. Uh, and, and you're right, him and Broderick Jones would be monsters. And one thing that we've talked about a lot in this show and in, in, in other places as well, it's important for an offensive line. You really want two or three anchor players. When I say anchor players, I mean guys who they're the difference makers. You look back at the 2010s, the Steelers had Pouncey and DeCastro in the middle of their offensive line. That's where everything fed off of. You know, Ramon Foster, good player, but wasn't like an all-pro like those guys. Villanueva, Calvin Beecham. You know, I'd say Marcus Gilbert was getting there if he didn't get hurt. If he didn't get hurt, you know, and, and his career gets very much shortened, I think he's a, it's a whole different conversation for also what that offensive line could have done. Um, but, but you look at the guys around them, they were able to have – solid pieces that they didn't pay a whole lot to keep because they had those type of guys. And if you could have two tackles being those guys, 
then you could probably get away with having, you know, a decent center. And I still, they still need to improve at center. Like, you know, Mason Cole with what he gave isn't what you want moving forward, but it, it makes it so that maybe you don't need the top center in the draft class this year. If you have two outstanding tackles and also, you know, Sam Allo and Daniels, they were the two best offensive linemen, you know, uh, you know, that were consistent this year. I think Broderick Jones showed he could be the best offensive lineman of that group, you know, when, when he gro- when he grows into his career more. But you're set at guard. So really, if you go out and maybe like you get like a good free agent center, maybe like Aaron Brewer, who, a guy who's worked with Arthur Smith, um, he was an undrafted guy who became like a really good center for the Titans uh, and will be in free agency this year. Uh, you know, that that could be a move there where center can just be a solid position for you while offensive tackle just becomes the outstanding positions for you, which in Steelers history, Ray, I don't think that's ever been the case. Like you look at whenever I think back to Steelers legends and Steelers, like the greats at all the positions, you think of all the Hall of Famers they got at center and maybe Marquise Pouncey joining them with Dawson Webster and even like guys like Jeff Harding. You think of guards, Alan Fanica, David DeCastro, you know, they, they got guys going way back there, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, um, you know, cornerback, defensive line, linebacker, safety. They got all these positions. Tackles like the one position, maybe tight end as well, but tackles like the one position where you're like, I can't think of just, some superstar player like they don't have an Anthony Munoz in that category and if that changed with this decade where they had uh, uh Broderick Jones and JC Latham and they become the monsters of the new offensive line regime that could be an interesting way to build your team moving forward yeah and listen there's nothing to say that they couldn't pick a, a Zach Frazier or somebody in the middle of the second round if mm. he's still there or you know I know Cedric Van Praan from George is probably more of a late second, third round guy, but maybe you, you get a guy that could be an upgrade down the road at center, um, but he's not a plug-and-play type of a guy. So, yeah, and don't forget about Nate Herbig, too. He's also on this roster. Um, should they move on from Mason Cole, um, they signed him to a two-year, $8 million deal. $4 million a year is not throwaway money for an offensive lineman, so I think you know they would feel comfortable putting him in there um, in a pinch as well. So, they would have some options if they do move on from Mason Cole, but again, you know, we'll probably find out in about two or three weeks if that's a move the Steelers are going to make. I, I agree. We still have time to figure the, these things out, and, and that's the other thing: the Steelers aren't in a rush right now because they have this time. Like they, people, some people are freaking out. Well, why haven't they done these things? And, and certainly, you could look at like why isn't why, why is Allen Robinson still on the roster as an eleven point nine million dollar cap hit? But it doesn't cost like doesn't cost them anything to keep him on for another couple of weeks while they while they figure things out. Um, and, and that that time will come like it does every year. And it's funny we have we have this conversation every off season. Like why haven't they done this? Like it's coming. Just you know, t- t- things take time, man. Like stop being, stop wanting everything right, right, right away. Um, but, you know, you look at the opportunities that are there. I, I think that this draft class, this has the potential. Like last year's draft class started off really strong. You know, you look at Broderick Jones, Keanu Benton, Joey Porter Jr., um, Darnell Washington, uh, Nick Herbig, all, all five of those guys, contributors, some of them major contributors. If they can get another two to three guys that are like really good contributors from this next class, that could be the core that you start building, that you keep building around and kind of carries this team into the next generation of, of Steelers. While it still has like, you know, young guys on this roster, you know, like, you know, Najee Harris, Pat Firemuth, George Pickens, um, you know, you, you look at guys like that, you know, Mika Fitzpatrick's in his late in his late 20s. You know, there's guys that can be on this roster for years to come and still be leaders for this team and be key contributors. Uh, so, again, when we're talking about why the Steelers aren't 
trying to trade up and just go get a quarterback that everyone's not sure about or going or going out and signing a guy or trading for a guy that's going to cost them chances to develop this. This is why, because there's plenty of opportunities in this draft class to address key positions of need with really good talent. And if you pass up on it, you might you're, you you might be looking at looking at keeping yourself in where you're at for the next 10 years. Yeah, Chris, I mean, everyone wants the home run. They want a big move up in the draft. Go get a quarterback, make a big move. But if you just hit doubles at 20, a double um, in the second round, double in the third round, you're improving your roster um, in 2025 and 2026 in 2027. So if you have guys like Keanu Benton available again in the mid rounds, um, guys like Nick Herbig, um, who can come in and be a really good special teams player, quality reserve for you at outside linebacker. Um, you know, those are win win wins for you. So I would expect the same type of draft for Andy Weidel and Omar Khan in year two. I don't think they're going to deviate much, even though a lot of people are getting impatient with the quarterback position. Absolutely. We'll see just how patient people want the Steelers want to be with this period. Uh, remember, we will be at the Combine next week, and we'll be covering things live there for you for, for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. We got one more show Friday that gets us ready for before before we head on that trip. Uh, we'll do that with Brian Batko here on the North Shore Drive Podcast. But from Chris Carter and Ray Fittipato, thanks so much for tuning in to the North Shore Drive Podcast. Find us on your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoy it. Subscribe to this channel to get all of, of the daily content that comes out from all of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette writers. Back Friday with more here on the North Shore Drive Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the North Shore Drive Podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. If you watch this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our channel. For all the sports coverage from the Post-Gazette that we have to offer, visit post-gazette.com.